0: was like I thought I had my money shit together and to a certain extent I do you know like I know when money comes in what to do with it to invest it all that great stuff but it's like how do I start this business from scratch like how do I even find clients how do I you know and I similar to you I quit my job um early this year, January. And so as a Capricorn and someone who loves stability, that was one of the biggest jumps for me. And it didn't mean like I didn't trust in my business to grow or to scale, but it was just like, I'm so used to having that stability. I'm so used to having, like knowing when my next paycheck is coming in. And now I don't have any of that. Right. So um, I had to start working on money mindset stuff all over again, you know, and like trusting the universe, trusting the process that like money will come my way and, It's just so funny. It's like, that's why I never like to call myself an expert in anything, because I'm still learning as I go. And these challenges are always going to come up. But like, the more you work on it, the better prepared you are for the next upcoming challenge.
1: You're listening to Christy Unedited, the podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Gray. Christy Unedited started as a raw and relatable conversation, and it always will be, but it's become so much more than that. Each week, a few special souls dish out some authentic truths as we navigate together the exploration of self. Thanks so much for listening. Let the magic begin. Hi gorgeous and welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to share this conversation with you because today I talked to Morgan Blackman. Now, Morgan and I have been hosting some rooms on Clubhouse and we oh, have had such great conversations together and I'm so excited to bring her wealth of knowledge to the podcast for you because Morgan is a holistic wealth coach whose mission is to bridge the gap between money and wellness. Her incredible brand is called Holistic Bucks and I love that she's teaching millennial women like how to deal with their finances and also become more financially confident in the decisions that they're making um, because she blends this beautiful world of spirituality and the metaphysical with the practical. So skills when it comes to making the right decision for your finances, working on your money mindset. And I know that she also does a ton of investing too. And I just am absolutely obsessed with Morgan's energy. I have like loved being friends with her um, over the last few months and oh, I cannot recognize commend this episode enough. I was even writing down some notes throughout and even though Morgan is based in Canada, so, so many of the tips that she shared are so relevant to Australia as well. So if you do have any questions on anything um, financial or anything that t- uh, Morgan touched on in this episode, please reach out to her and you will find all of her info in the show notes below. We also have pushed this episode out because she has uh, the Wealth Well, which is her group coaching program available, and the doors are still open if you are interested. Now, before we dive in, I'm just gonna let's just dive straight into this episode because it is so good. But before I do, I just wanted to say a really big thank you to Morgan for not only your honesty and transparency about your journey today, but also just having some epic conversations with me on astrology, Saturn returns, and spirituality, because you are absolutely a breath of fresh air and oh, you're just a vibe. Anyway everyone enjoy and I'll catch you on the flip side. So I love it when somebody slides up into my DMs, which is exactly what Morgan did to me. And she was like, hey girl. No, she didn't start with that, but I'm just like being too <laughs> super theatrical right now. As, um, you, came, you like came up into my DMs because you'd been in a clubhouse room with me. And um, I loved it because straight away you were like, I think I'd love to get to know you. And I think we have an opportunity to collaborate. And I... I think what I love so much about that is that with social media, whether it's an app like Clubhouse or Instagram or whatever you use, is it allows you to connect with people all around the world. And I just love the fact that you're on the other side of the world. We like had this hard and fast relationship, meaning friendship. (laughs) And the next week I think we were like hosting rooms on Clubhouse. Yes. Yeah,
0: we were. Oh, such a beautiful yeah, way to connect. And then of course found out that like you were well you're born in New Zealand but you live in Australia. And I spent some time out in Australia, so it was just yeah, such a beautiful connection that way and something we can um relate to.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like even when I was talking to Morgan, like I was telling her about how I used to work at Sephora and she was like when I was in Australia I worked at Mecca and I was like, "Oh my god, we've got this yeah. beauty. <laughs> Um, similarities too. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> now, for anybody listening, I have to just do a cheeky plug before I hand over the mic to Morgan, is that we started hosting um, Rooms on Clubhouse around astrology and building a wealth mindset because um, Morgan's t- going to talk to you about her zone of genius today, which is building financial abundance and wealth in your life. But she's also a bomb.com Astro- I wouldn't say, astro- I was going to say astrologer, then, but I know you're not an astrologer, but you know so much about astrology, good. which is wild. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I I always like to use the word enthusiast. I guess like it's just something I'm really interested in. I'm in into all the woo and personal development. So like, yeah, astrology, human design, all of that great stuff. And I'm always trying to find ways to combine that with learning more about how we should approach money in our own lives. So
1: yeah, yeah. And when can I ask? Like, when did you get it into the spiritual side of things? Yeah, like, let's get into let's just, that.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's go right there. Oh my goodness. Um, it's like back in 2017. So I had this like, I was in this very toxic relationship. It was like super karmic. I'm still trying to figure out what it was because <laughs> I've done like a soul contract reading with someone, and I gave them the name of the person, and they were like there's no energetic tie, like, I don't know. They couldn't find any sort of karmic tie to it. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell it was, but like I could not get over him. Like I was with him for like three years on and off. So um, that happened and ended. And it was just like very traumatic for me being like, that was like my first relationship that created like my love blueprint of what I thought a relationship looked like or what it shouldn't look like. Um, and so I was like third year university around that time. And it was just so crushing, but it also revealed so much about like who I wanted to be and how to avoid falling into something like that ever again. (laughs) Um, and I just wanted to like, you know, that like typical, story or like those memes of gifs about like girls breaking up with their like boyfriends and they get like a new haircut <laughs> like they're going to the gym and they're just living their best lives like that was kind of me I was like nope never again like I'm gonna step into my power my essence and divine feminine and like not even just show the world but show myself like how much of like a badass I am and like never forget that and so it really sort of that propelled me into. Actually, I did not say propelled me. I, you know, I started to to look into like, okay, how can I eat better? How can I, you know, be more physically fit and more active? Because I wasn't, you know, exercising, moving every day. Um, and then I started around that time to also just see like angel numbers. So of course, it started off with like 1111, and that was the easiest number because I mean even just growing up, I didn't even understand the whole concept about angel numbers prior, but you know, as a kid, you'd always hear like, oh, 1111, make a wish. And so I just started seeing 1111s all over the place. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, maybe like, you know, make a wish about something. And I just remember like typing it in on Google and then reading up about like Doreen Virtue, I think at the time she was big in like the numerology scene and like, yeah. And just breaking down, like, you know, numerology and like how these are like you know this is spirit or like angels reaching out to you wanting to send you like a positive or like protective message and I just like (laughs) was obsessed and then I just of course started seeing more angel numbers you know and like eleven eleven or like ones were like very profound for me that year I was like living at a house that had you know the number 11 like the bus stop that I would go to catch to go to school like the times were like they'd start on the 11th minute or, you know, like 11, 11, um, 11 o'clock, things like that, whatever. Um, yeah. It was just like meeting people that were also seeing eleven eleven. Like it was just a crazy, <laughs> that, that year was just crazy. And that was a time, like I said, I had broken up with a guy. I was starting to like rediscover myself. Um, and that's sort of like how the spiritual awakening eventually led into my financial journey. Because also around that time I had a roommate that was she, she had a friend that told her about investing. And so she was taking trips to the bank to see like a financial advisor at that time. And he was sort of teaching her about the investing game and like, where to put your money and the different types of investment products. And so whenever, you know, she would come back from going to the bank, I would just be very inquisitive and just ask her like, Hey, like, what are you learning? Like, you know, what's this investing thing? Like I want to learn more about it too. And then from that, like, um, having occasional conversations here and here really like, Um, motivating me to like want to take my finances um, into account and to like actually start to create financial goals and like start to invest and seeing that investing can help me to get there. Um, And that's, yeah, that's really how I'll tie in like spirituality with finance (laughs) Um, and how eventually I got introduced to the world of investing. And that eventually led to my, like led me to where I am today.
1: Oh my goodness, like what, Uh, (laughs) no, oh my God, I love, I love it though, Morgan, like (laughs) I think it's these times, it's these pivotal times in our life where something, there's either a traumatic ending or it doesn't necessarily have to be traumatic, but I think especially when it comes to relationships, like I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, like my spiritual awakening, (laughs) let's just call it, happened from my heart being broken and It just, it's these times where we have to go inwards and actually look at what's important to us. What are our values? What are our beliefs? And at at the time when you're in it, it's like a rock bottom. It's like, this is the shittiest time of my life. And you're like,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) But out the other side, right? You're like, I'm so grateful for that experience because then I've actually become who I am today because of it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No, that's true. And I don't know. I think for me, it was like I said. It, it was. It was just more so. Like I don't want this event to ever happen again how can I avoid that and how can I take steps to make sure that I don't repeat that because you know in life like obviously like we're we're, we're handed lessons <laughs> and so you want to learn from them right and it was like okay how am I truly going to learn from this and make sure like I don't make similar mistakes again in the future you know and like of course I've still dated and I've had other mishaps but like each and every time I I grow right like I grow and I become a better version of myself so
1: yeah yeah has that always been a part of who you are? Like this whole learning from your experiences? Because not a lot of people are like that. Like not, oh, I don't really? want to say not a lot, but I think yeah. a lot of people can sometimes get caught up in their own narrative.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like sometimes justifying the situation or making excuses for yourself. That's, that's so interesting. I'm, I think I'm going to go a little bit into my childhood. <laughs> um, so my, I, so I grew up in like, I guess, an abusive household. Um, my father used to sort of used to abuse my mom, not sort of. I, I It's really weird just like retelling the story sometimes, but father used to like abuse my mom. Um, and those were like the earliest like memories I had of relationships. And I just know for myself, just being resilient, being strong enough, it, eventually over time it actually became something negative where it was like, I'm, you know, like I hate men. I never eventually want, you know, to ever be put in that same situation. Therefore I'm just going to close myself off to like having certain experiences with men in the opposite sex. Um, but I think in seeing that and coming out of that, I just knew like I had to make better decisions for myself because I didn't want to end up in a similar situation as my mom. And so, um, Of course I did (laughs) eventually. I did somehow, I ended up, you know, in that three year on and off toxic relationship, but I eventually took myself out of that um, and started to realize that pattern that I was um, 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 embodying, but I don't know. I, I think it's just something innate in me where it's like that resilience. You can probably speak into that, you know, my birth chart, like me being a Capricorn Sun, Taurus rising, like, I'm just one of those people where it's like, okay, shit, that hurt. Like, I'm at rock bottom, but, like, I just got to keep going. Like, I have goals to go after. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people where it's like, um, <laughs> um, there's, like, this Biggie song, and it's like, oh, fuck bitches, get money. Like, I'm, like, the it's female like the version Beast of that. the song,
1: Eva. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, like, the female version of that. Like, fuck guys, get money. Like, I'm always just, like, okay, like, this happened, and, like, I'm just going to focus my efforts on, like where I want to be you know um of course that can be it can get to a point where it's like, like I like I have to be mindful of not avoiding my emotions and situations and learning to like sit with them and not just like you know, I'm, I'm prone to like workaholism and like overworking because it's like, I'm trying to compensate for something else. So like, that is something I still have to be mindful of, but I think it's just that resilient nature of just like, I, like, I need to bounce back. There's no other, like, I can't stay in this, in, in, in this space, in this place. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> mm, that's something that I see as such a common thread between people that are successful, like people that are driven, people that are resilient. Mm-hmm. Like there's almost like this never say die energy. There's like no other option. It's like I have to keep moving forward <laughs> yeah. because I can't see myself doing anything else.
0: Yes. That too. Ah. Yeah. And like I think as a I don't know, as a Capricorn, I don't want to <laughs> No, it is like I, you know, I'm very ambitious innately and it's like I have these goals. I'm trying to climb to the top of the mountain. So it's like I will like nothing can get in the way of that. You know what I mean? It's like as hard as it is, as hard as it is to work through, like I I find loopholes around. I I just have to keep going. And it, yeah, that that is so true. I see that with other successful entrepreneurs as well. Um, that common thread of like, just, you got to keep going. And somehow along the way, I, I honestly, a lot of what's helped was having that spiritual awakening and starting to really work on myself and like, you know, and, and, and understand what my values are, what my beliefs are, working on my mindset, right. To a point where now I'm like, yeah, I do have these limiting thoughts that may come up or it may feel like giving up, but it's like, I know that's just like the shadow part of me speaking or like the limiting part of myself speaking. And I know like my higher self knows best, right? Like it wants the best for me. It wants me to have a most abundant life. And so which voice am I gonna listen to? And I've worked on myself enough to like, listen to the voice that is is gonna make my life more promising, I guess, in the end.
1: Thank goodness, that's like your mic drop moment for today. I'm going to listen to the voice that is going to, what was it? It was like to, that's His more promising. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that. I think that's such a beautiful way of like approaching that in a narrative or that your higher self or your future self or however you want to frame it. Yeah. So interesting question for you. Cause I was thinking about it as you were talking um, and giving us insight into this toxic relationship. Do yeah. you see, cause you, you have obviously like built this incredible relationship with money and building wealth and yeah. that's your zone of genius. Is there similarities between the relationships that you have with people versus the relationship you have with money?
0: Oh my goodness. You would think it would be so easy. <laughs> I, I, Yes, like, I honestly, the same way that I was able to build and, you know, a strong and healthy relationship with money, I should be able to apply the same tools, practices to my relationships. Um, Definitely, I I think for me, relationships is one of those things, the areas of my life where, like, I still tend to struggle with. um, (laughs) And you would think, like, I would have it all together. But it's also really interesting to see how, like, money like everyone has that area of their lives where like it's like it's sort of their weakness right like you have your strengths you have your weaknesses and for me I think relationships is one of them especially like romantic relationships for some reason like I'm good on fronts with like friends and like co-workers and I like to think myself but then I end up (laughs) with relationships so maybe there's still some work in that sort of area um but of course like I I really think that's also my karmic blueprint because I grew up in an abusive household. So I've never been able to see what a healthy relationship looks like. And so um, I think there's a lot more work to do in that area for me, because that is just what I've come here to learn, like how to like love myself and how to love others. Um, But for someone else, it may be different. It may be like how to be resourceful, right? Like that is your karmic blueprint. And like, that is what you have to go through and learn. And yeah, it's really interesting. Like people would think, oh, well, you, you know, you have your mindset, Set in this area, so it should be applicable to all the other areas of her life. And that's not true, right? And even coaches, <laughs> you know, and like I could just only speak for myself, but I think coaches need coaches too. Like, so right now I have a dating coach because I know that it is an area of my life where I have a lot of weaknesses, but I like I never give up. I'm constantly trying to improve myself, constantly trying to understand you know, how to better understand, you know, other people and their characteristics and traits and how they want to be treated and how to communicate better with others. Um, so that eventually I can find that nurturing and healthy relationship <laughs> that I so desire.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love that, and thank you for sharing. And look, you're talking to a girl that's been single for 10 years. So, like, yeah, that's a reality in my life. Like, I was engaged, planning the wedding in my 20s, as you tend to do, and then we that, that relationship ended. I then um, had a very painful experience, which was around my satin return, which was inevitable, yeah. Um, yeah. which was, like, that's when my life drastically changed. But, like, it's not that I've been, like... Um, completely celibate over the last 10 years, but I've also kind of dabbled in and out of dating. And I think that um, for me is that I will always prioritize work. And it's not because of the fact that I don't want to date, but it's because I get so much enjoyment and I see results from what (laughs) effort I put into um, work. Whereas like with dating for me is that I I've actually found it really challenging with everything moving to online and I love connecting with people in person.
0: Yes, I can tell. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I think most of us are. It's just we're forced now, especially with COVID. It's like, how else am I going to meet people? Like I got to navigate this online platform now. And that's so interesting. I was talking to my younger brother. So he, I don't know how he's able to be in a healthy relationship and I'm here struggling still. He's like 20, super young, but he has this girlfriend. They've been together for like a year now. So adorable. Um, But yeah, he said, you know, um, a similar thing about like, I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought. (laughs) I just had it. forgot what he said to me now. I don't know. Whatever. We'll come back to it. But he had said something that ties into what you were talking about. (laughs)
1: like I think it's just all about timing and like I'm a big believer and that's how I use astrology is like I knew that my partnerships house wouldn't get activated until this year and so partnerships can come in different forms when it comes to astrology it can be personal or professional so it can be business partnerships and collaborations or it can be personal relationships but I've also come out of it a 10 year cycle, astrologically speaking, where partnerships weren't swung in my favor. And so again, I think it's sometimes we need to learn, like to, not sorry, learn, but to lean into some of these metaphysical tools, whether it's human design, you've mentioned a couple of times karmic blueprint, whether it's astrology, to kind of give us permission that we're on our own path, because it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people, especially when from the outside, they look like they've got all their shit together, and they've got the relationship. They've got the abundance. They've got the business, the career, whatever. But we're all on our own. We're all on our own journey.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to ask you too about uh, the, the whole Saturn return. Mm. What is that? And like, when my like, did I already have my Saturn return? I think I already did. But I just want to ask you why not? <laughs> we're, we're here.
1: I can't remember. Like, what? How old are you this year again? I'm twenty six. Yeah, you're coming up to it, and you. Oh. The, The broken relationship happened how long ago? Four years ago. 22? Like like
0: 2016, 2017.
1: Yeah, okay, so 21. So that was your last Saturn hit. So Saturn activates a natal chart. This is actually like this topic on the podcast. It's like a fan favorite. (laughs) Everyone's always like wanting to learn more about Saturn and Saturn return because the best – the best insight I can give everyone listening is think of Saturn being the planet of rules and responsibilities, structure and discipline. And it rules Capricorn. And because you're a Capricorn Morgan, like you've got a lot of Saturn flavor in your chart anyway. Um, But what Saturn does is comes and activates your chart every seven years. So you get an activation at seven, 14, 21, which was Um, like your that's when things started to shift and your Saturn return is at 28 yeah and that's when Saturn's done a complete revolution of your natal chart and is back to the same position of the time that you were born hence why it's called a return Mm -hmm. um so what I normally do is like I'll ask if I'm working with a client I'll be like and we're talking about Saturn I say to them like tell me what change and transformation you experienced at this age and so for you at 21 that was your last Saturn hit that's when you experience change, and that completely um probably course corrected your life it did oh yeah, yeah. it did yeah.
0: A lot. (laughs) And that was like around the time of that spiritual awakening and all of that. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just a lot of discoveries all at one time. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so what that did is that kind of pushed you into action to try to seek resolution. And so um, normally that my next question to that is always like, how did you respond to that change? Because and like you've just talked us through that of like oh okay we well sort out information and ideas and yeah it was probably really shitty but it allowed it propelled you into action and that's how you deal with challenge because that's what Saturn does and so um the what was I going to speak into with that is with the Saturn return you've got coming up that will be at 28 so that's your next activation and so um, because you've already been through so much change and transformation, you're still going to go through some. <laughs> yeah, but think yeah. of Saturn and the three little pigs, like the big bad wolf.
0: Saturn's yeah. coming
1: around to test the foundation of your house. And so yeah. is your house made out of straw or is it made out of bricks? That's the best way for me to explain it. So the more you can continue to work on the foundation and the stability of your house, you're a Capricorn, it's all in the 10th house. You're going to do yeah. that anyway anyway. When yeah. Saturn comes around, it won't be as much upheaval as it was when you're at 21.
0: Mm, that makes so much sense. It's almost like, it's, it's good to understand astrology and like the planets and how they work because now I can kind of prepare myself, you know, yeah. for someone who, yeah, who doesn't know all this, they're just, yeah, going through like, yeah,
1: life, So you might find it could be more of a spiritual awakening that could happen. Um, It could propel you in a completely different direction. Um, I didn't learn my lessons at 21, and so I learned all the lessons at 28. Um, But then the next hit, which was at 35 for me, um, was when I quit my corporate job, I left Sydney, I started a business, and I moved back to the Gold Coast.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: A lot of changes there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it depends. But it's all for the better, right? Like at
0: yeah. the end of the day, yeah, it's it's something good that's gonna come out on the other side. So
1: yeah, yeah. And if you can remember that when you're going through it, which is really hard at the time, but like if you can remember this is actually helping me to get quicker to where I need to go in this lifetime, it makes the process so much easier. Because I was reading about like a lot of the energy we've got this year astrologically, yeah. and it's not as deep and heavy as 2020, but it's still, it's still there, but it's just, we have to be able to embrace change this year. But this is the thing with the stages of change model and psychology, as people don't necessarily respond well to change because change requires you to change something. And even if we embrace change as individuals, it's still challenging because it means we've got to let go of something old to make way exactly. for something new.
0: Yeah. And that can be scary. Like, humans, like, we, I think we don't like change because we're so used to whatever we already have, right? Like, we've gotten used to a certain system and a way of life and a way of thing and, like, routine. So to shake that up and have to, you know, find a new foundation all over again, it's it's just, it feels like so much work. But, yeah, sometimes you have to, right? Like, seasons are going to change, different things come up in our lives, and, like, you can't approach every situation the same way you know, throughout your whole life. So, yeah, it's,
1: wow. Yeah. Learn something new today, <laughs> every day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I think, you know, I'll just say one more thing before we move on, is like I think the biggest thing is that we hate uncertainty as human beings, like when anything's uncertain. Everything's uncertain, though. I always say, like, I help my, the people I work with around, like, creating certainty in their life. But at the end of the day, what is certain? Nothing.
0: Exactly nothing, nothing. Oh my gosh,
1: that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> we just like to have, as human beings, we feel like we like to have a grasp on life and like we can predict our future, but we really can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. Oh my goodness. Well, I want to dive into money with you because that's like, that's your <laughs> oh, zone yeah. of genius. And yeah. um, oh my God, I love though, that we can just like riff off spi- spirituality. <laughs> I could probably talk to you about it all day, which I just love. Um, But I also love talking to you about money because you've got such a unique perspective on money and... I think that I my relationship with money has been really interesting, and I'll give everyone some context on this because that might even give you a beautiful lead into, you know, what you're going to share with us today on money. Morgan is that um, my dad always had a lot of money growing up, but he never shared it in the sense of he was making a lot of money when I was younger because my mum and dad divorced when I was um, six, but like there was, it was almost like a hoarding style of like, this is my wealth and nobody else's. And um, my mom was the opposite because my dad left us with no money. So I was actually quite poor growing up. And so she had scarcity mindset around money, which was we never have enough. And then the juxtaposition of that is my mum's mum and dad. So my granddad um, who was living he had a lot of money because we owned a lot of land in Christchurch, but there was all this money tied up in inheritances. And a lot of it even still hasn't been distributed from the trust. So there's money there, but there's still conflict around money. And so I grew up in this fucking shitstorm of my dad has a lot of money, but he's not giving it out. My mum has a scarcity mindset around money. We've then got all this wealth in our family that's not being distributed and everyone's waiting for it. And I actually didn't realize how many money blocks I had until... I started a business because when you start charging <laughs> you go in the beginning oh my god like I didn't even know my worth whereas now I'm in a completely different place and I know I've had to work through a ton of blocks but I'm not gonna lie those money blocks I've had to work through through as a daily practice for me yes. and it it's wild. So there you go. There's, I've just laid out my dirty laundry for you yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> I, I love that you mentioned
0: that it's like working on your mindset daily, because I think people would assume even me as a finance coach, like, oh, she's got it. Like she's got her money shit together, you know? And I actually really think that money is one of those things where there's always going to be like a future obstacle that will come up or a future challenge that's going to come up. No matter how much you know money or like understand it, um, no matter how great your foundation is or set up to be like, cause for me, like you said, similarly, when I started a business, everything changed for me. (laughs) Like, you know, like you said, like pricing my, you know, like charging my worth or, you know, or seeing value in my business and being able to charge based off that, like that was something new for me. Cause I've always just been used to having a steady paycheck and having a nine to five. And yes, I knew what to do. Like when my paycheck came, you know, I had the structures in place, but then to, to understand that starting a business isn't, it's not like an external thing that you're creating. Like it's a piece of yourself, you know, it's like really challenges you to grow, um, both internally and externally. I thought it was something that was just more like externally. And then when I realized like, no, I also have to like, you know, I mean other challenging aspects of starting a business, you know, was also like like having to show up and speak. And, you know, those are other, you know, shadow aspects of myself that I'm afraid to do. And there's just, I think people place such an um, importance on having like a relationship and, um and growing in relationships but I think really where you see the most intense growth is with starting a business like it challenges you on so many levels and so for me it was like I thought I had my money shit together and to a certain extent I do you know like I know when money comes in what to do with it to invest it all that great stuff but it's like how do I start this business from scratch like how do I even find clients how do I you know and I similar to you I quit my job um early this year, January. And so as a Capricorn and someone who loves stability, that was one of the biggest jumps for me. And it didn't mean like I didn't trust in my business to grow or to scale, but it was just like, I'm so used to having that stability. I'm so used to having, you know, like knowing when my next paycheck is coming in. And now I don't have any of that. Right. So, um, I had to start working on money mindset stuff all over again, you know, and like trusting the universe, trusting the process that like money will come my way and, it's just so funny. It's like, that's why I never like to call myself an expert in anything because I'm still learning as I go. And these challenges are always going to come up. But like, the more you work on it, the better prepared you are for the next upcoming challenge. Right. Just sort of like you mentioned the Saturn return. It's like, there's like a Saturn return when it comes to the money too, you know, like all the different areas of our lives. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's so interesting, like our relationship with money. Like money is only really energy. It's just numbers. And it can be such a um, frustration for so many people, whether it's like, not having enough in that scarcity mindset or wanting to hoard money or not knowing or like escaping it. I can't believe like, cause I'm a, a Virgo. And so I'm like, I remember us laughing about this. Cause like I'm across my money on a daily basis, but that's just who I am as a person. Some people are scared to check their bank accounts.
0: Yes. Oh, that's the real thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. It's like you would think, well, I don't want to look at my budget sheet or assess my finances or do my taxes. But then like if you don't, then like the situation is only going to become worse. Right. It's one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies, I guess. You know, it's like, oh, I'm bad with money and I'm bad at budgeting. And so the more you avoid it, the worse the situation actually gets, you know. Um, But a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and of course, like if you are gonna approach your but you know like your budget sheet, but you don't know what to do, it just makes it even more so overwhelming, right? Which is why it's so great to you know to have mentors or you know whether it's finance coaches or just to educate yourself and um, on financial literacy because these are things that weren't taught to us in school, right? And sometimes it's just basic understanding of like what is inflation, how you know how do I actually. I don't, you know, calculate my mortgage or the interest rates on this, you know, um, loan that I have, uh, just things like that. And over time it becomes less overwhelming, but of course it, it takes work. It takes action just like anything else. Right. If you want to have a healthy relationship, then you got to do the things that are going to eventually get you there. Right. Just like with your money. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Cause when we talk about mindset, I also think when it comes to money, like mindset is super, super important. And that like really is the foundation that I try to lay for like all my clients when I work with them one-on-one. I'm like, before we even touch investing or like building your emergency savings, like we, we need to get to the root of, um, your belief sets around money, right? Just like you said, like if you are heavy on the scarcity side, or maybe you believe that, you know, rich people are evil or like having wealth means that you're a bad person. then like, those are things we need to work on because you're always going to have a resistance to money. Right. If like, if, if, if that's the case. And so for me, I think it's just super important to focus on mindset, but as well, like you, you also need to take action. It's almost like when we talk about manifesting, like, you, you know, you can't just sit there and pray for money to come, but you still have to go out there and do the work. Right. It's like a little bit of both give and take.
1: Yeah, totally. And what's your favorite thing about money?
0: Oh my gosh. never never been asked that question. Um, oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's so powerful for me. It's like, I don't love money for any real like materialistic reason. And like, if, you know, I'm not shaming or judging anyone who, who does want money for, you know, to buy a yacht or like to buy designer clothes, things like that. That's totally fine too. I think for me, so I'm grade 12. I took this world politics class and it's super weird. Cause I wanted to go into university doing health. I wanted to be a doctor so far off from what I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, love like the health and the sciences. I'm still, and like that speaks into, you know, um, how much like I, I love to incorporate wellness and, like, holistic wellness into my coaching because that health aspect is still really important to me. But I uh, took that world politics class in in grade 12, and it just opened my eyes up to, like, the inequality in the world. Like, I already knew there was inequality, but, like, it was, like, stats, figures. Like, that is where I learned, like, no, the 1% is controlled, you know, the 99%. And I was like, this is this is so wrong. Like, how do we fix this injustice? This is, you know, on such a mass global economic scale. And when I went into university, I decided like F science, I'm going to do international development. So for me, it's really important to, um, like my values are all on uplifting others and like uplifting communities and trying to make this world a better place. And so for me, having wealth, and this was something that was, like, I had to work on in terms of my money mindset because I gripped with that idea of, like, oh, having a lot of wealth and having, you know, a lot of money meant that you were greedy or you were evil, and then great that grade 12 world politics class just made it even worse. <laughs> I, was, I was really angry that year, you know, <laughs> going into university, but then I also realized, like, wait, like, I I also do need money for myself to be resourceful, to to put food on my table, to pay my rent. Um, But then I also have, you know, um, other variable expenses and a lifestyle that I want to upkeep. But then I also, like, want to be able to give back to organizations and charities. And, like, I want to be mindful of, like, where I spend my money. And if, like, if I don't have the option to shop at Whole Foods and buy organics, (laughs) right, and I have to buy, like, the cheapest thing on the shelf, like that doesn't make me feel fulfilled, right? Like I know I'm not doing the best that I can. And so I think for me with money, having more money, I love the idea of having more money because then I get to make better choices, if, mm. that, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like choices align to your values, which I think is yeah. the key thing here, right? It's like you're creating a life that's allowing you to live in a way that's aligned yeah. with your values and your beliefs. and. Yeah. I think that that, when you do that, you're more likely to have abundance to flow towards you anyway.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And I mean, like, everyone's going to have their different reasons. Like I said, for some people, I mean, also for me too, it's actually to buy back time. So, like, I know that having more money set off to the side especially like with my investments, I can take that year off if I want to and travel the world, you know, and not have to worry about expenses because I I have enough wealth set aside. So it's also just like not having to exchange time for money, which is like what this capitalist system and this matrix matrix is set up to be, right? Like you have to exchange, you know, all this, you know, time and, you know, all this, you know, hard-earned money, but like you don't really get to live your life in a meaningful way. Like when I think about, I thought about this one time and I was like, why is everyone always so excited for the weekend, right? Like we should be excited for every single day, (laughs) you know? Like we shouldn't be waiting for, oh my God, a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday. And that's how I eventually like wanted to, I knew eventually that was how I didn't want to live my life. And I wanted something where it was like, I wake up every day and I feel fulfilled and it has meaning. And like, I don't feel like you know, I have to go out there and hustle and make money because, you know, whatever that is, and then that's gonna take up all my time that I can't wait for the weekend to finally get that back. So um, that was some like like revelations that I I came across, um, came across with around that time of my spiritual awakening, being a university, starting to understand the importance of investing. Um, Yeah.
1: Do you know what there was something you said that I want to highlight, which always grinds my gears, and I say this a lot, mm-hmm. is like I get so fucked off with the injustices in the world, especially yeah. because the people that are in power are always white middle-aged men. They're always dickheads most of the time. And they're that, you know, that they're the ones that are accumulating all this wealth, which gives them power. Then they are the ones that make the decisions for everybody else. And I think that. I just, I know that injustices happen across the entire world, Um, but especially when I look to the U.S., I feel so grateful that, like, I always wanted to live in the U.S., like, after the shit show of the last couple of years, like, that's the furthest from my mind.
0: Never mind, (laughs) yeah. No, it's Mm. true, and I think for me, that is why it's so important that, I mean, there's two ways. We can try to like totally get rid of like this capitalist system and break down structures. And maybe this is a great time to do that because, you know, age of Aquarius. So
1: uh, so,
0: like come in and do your thing. But um, I think if we can look at it from another angle or like another approach without having to completely tear down a system, let's look at like positive aspects of capitalism, but also like, if we really look at it, like, like you said, it's that 1% of like old ass white men that are making decisions for us that have all the wealth, but what if we can, how how is there a way that we can shift putting money into their hands and putting it into the hands of people that are actually going to do good with it? And like, that is why it goes back to my whole idea of like being mindful of like where I spend my money and having the money to, to, you, you know, to, to make those powerful choices, because I can say, like, I can put money into the hands of like Oprah instead of Jeffrey Epstein, you know, like, I don't know, that's probably a very bad <laughs> analogy, but like, you know, I can choose like to put my money into the hands of people, companies that are going to do good. Right. And it's just like, you can go to Walmart if you want and, and shop there, or you can go to like your local, you know, farmer's market. It's like, to go and support Walmart, well, then, like, the 1%, like, those are the guys that they're working with. You know what I mean? So it's very, like, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> we also have to look at ourselves and be like, well, how am I participating in this, right? How am I allowing and, like, enabling the 1% to continue doing what they're doing? Um, And, of course, like, I mean, they're shitheads. I don't know how we're going to get them to stop doing what they're going to do. They're not. <laughs> so, like, it's sort of, like, that sad situation where it's, like, like you have to be the better person, you know? Mm. Um, and how can we start to envision a future that is going to possibly impact everyone and not just a few. Um, and you know, there's all different kind of theories and philosophies around like how we could do this. But one great thing that's sort of started to arise within, um, within economics or the finance system is, is crypto. Right. And like with Bitcoin and a lot of people are starting to, a lot of people actually really like it and are starting to see it as a viable alternative option to the finance system because it's, there's, there's no middleman, there's no like banks, there's no such thing as interest. It's like, you can, I can send money to you. You can send money to me within seconds and there's no fee involved. Like if you think about the process and, It's digital currency. So it's going to be more available for people, especially when we think about people in like third world countries, developing countries that maybe have to walk miles to go to a bank, you know, or maybe they walk miles and they don't even have access, like they can't even get a card or credit because they don't have anything. So it's like having this digital currency and digital system can really actually level the playing field for all. So sometimes it's like, of course, looking outside of capitalism, what are other things that we can start to pay attention to? And those are one of the things that like, I mean, of course I teach people about investing in the stock market and there's an ethical way to invest in the stock market, but I'm also like advocating for people to like diversify your assets, right? Like don't put all your eggs in one basket, like let's look to the future and like maybe crypto could be another viable option and actually a better way for society and for us to all level the playing field.
1: (laughs) That is such an awesome view And that's like your Leo moon. Like I was like thinking, I was like, oh, I love it because there's this like practicality to your answer then. And I think this is the issue we have in the world today is we're all so divided because there's those people that do want to tear down the structures but and they want to rebel against the cause, but it's a reality. It's not going anywhere. So it's like you're almost coming at this from a perspective of you should feel empowered to make your own decisions and, you know, do your research, right? It's like if you want to – like I – I've been doing that lately where I haven't been going to the farmers markets and the farmers markets are across the road. I just have to get my ass up on a Saturday morning. And I made the decision this week that I was going back to the farmers markets on a weekly basis because that allows me to contribute to local growers. Now that might sound like a really small thing to anybody listening, but it's still like that puts me back into the buyer's purchasing power of I'm going to contribute in this way.
0: Yeah, and you're just one person, but could you imagine if, like, a million people, (laughs) or, like, think of everyone in your city decided one day to stop shopping at Walmart and just support, I mean, maybe the food would run out of, like, you know, at a local organic farmer's market, you know, the supply wouldn't be able to meet the demand, but, like, that could happen, like, when we think about um, companies like Nike or Gap I think one year where they you know we found out that like they were supporting sweatshops and like people were like boycotting I don't know it was Gap or some other um Joe Joe Fresh I think and like honestly like people like we don't realize like how powerful our money is even if it's just five dollars ten dollars here it adds up right because if it's if if Joe Fresh has I don't know a thousand people coming into their stores every month and all a thousand people decide to leave then like they're not making any money, they're not making any profits, right? And so they're gonna start to make those changes on their end, they're gonna be like, well, hey, like, no one's gonna shop with us if we're not paying our laborers fairly. And so I think looking at it from that perspective of like, we have the power to make these shifts and these changes as well, right? And like, there's so many different ways you can fight it. It, it, it could be you spending your money um, more mindfully. It could be you actually going out there in the streets and advocating and like creating a riot so that people listen, you know, which is equally as important because some people like don't know what the hell's going on in the world. They're like busy scrolling on, you know, like Instagram for like 12 hours a day, but they're not really taking in what's happening, you know, like, like, the struggles that are going on, the injustices that are going on. Right. So even just building awareness, or you can be a politician, you can go and like change laws and then rules and regulations. So like, it's almost like it's, it's teamwork. Right. And like, everyone's doing their own thing. I'm um, like, I can't do it all, but I know that with the wealth I am, I am able to amass, like I'm going to make really good decisions with it, you know, and teach my clients and teach my followers and just teach the world how to also do the same
1: um when you said like that team effort I was thinking yes. about is it was a GameStop. were you following that
0: oh, yes exactly yes. oh
1: my god I was like so here for that that was wild
0: <laughs> I yeah that was huge and I like I wasn't a part of that I didn't have my money in it or anything but yeah it's beautiful to see like how everyday humans can come together like it is possible that is such a great example yeah. yeah. And we yeah. oh, I'm just like this one little person. I can't do any, but like gather up your friends, get your friends to gather their friends. Like, you know, like it just takes one person.
1: <laughs> well, and, GameStop like t- tore the stock market down that day, didn't it? And that it was did. just from that Reddit thread.
0: <laughs> it's my Reddit thread, exactly. And then news just started to spread. People started to tell other people. And yeah, it just like blew the whole stock market up that like for like a couple days, you know, almost a week. And I mean, they felt it, the people on the other end, the the, the big, you know, investment bankers, like they, they felt it. So it's possible, I'm telling you, in numbers, like even when it comes to like global, you know, like um, global warming and environmental change, a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm just one person. So what if I just like throw this plastic straw on the ground? <laughs> but it's like, you don't understand, there's like millions of other people also throwing plastic straws on the ground. And it just takes, one person to just each decide like, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. And the effect just multiplies, right? It just becomes like this. So yeah, I always had to tell people like, you're not like this, you are like this one person, but like, don't feel like because I am just this one person, I can't do enough. Right. Like you can do your part and then encourage other people to do their part. And then it's like this ripple effect. And that's how we really will see change.
1: Mm so good so good oh I just love your perspective
0: I feel like somewhere in my chart I should be an Aquarius (laughs) and like well like I'm on the cusp I don't know how you feel about cusp but like I'm like two days away from being an Aquarius because I'm like I'm such a humanitarian I don't know where I get this from But yeah. yeah,
1: if you depending on um, and that's a really good point you bring up because um, depending on what time of the month, even as a Capricorn you're born, will dictate the flavor of your Capricorn energy. There's like three stages for each zodiac sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I haven't got your I I haven't got your chart in front of um me, but like yeah. um you'll definitely find and this is the thing, like even though you don't necessarily have that Aquarius flavor, you'll still like this is the thing where um Uranus still rules Aquarius. You have Uranus in your chart. Yeah. Oh like
0: so it's, Uranus rules Capricorn.
1: Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, so Uranus rules Aquarius and you still have the Uranus planet in your chart because everybody does. And the Uranus flavor is Aquarian flavor because it's its ruler. Yeah. So it's the same archetype. So where that is, is going to dictate like how that Aquarius flavor shows up. So for example, for me, Uranus aspects my sun and moon. And so how that shows up for me is I'm completely rebellious. Like I'm like, if anyone tries to cage me in i am like not here for it (laughs) yes yeah yeah whereas like i'm just pulling up your chart now because we're talking Um, charts here and it's interesting because you've got you because you've got mercury in aquarius so your thinking capabilities are Aquarian. that's how it's showing up and so this is allowing you to think Differently, or think bigger, or think blue sky thinking. Because Mercury is like your intellect, how you synthesize information. And it's interesting because you've also got, we've got to remember, Mercury, which is your communication planet, but then Saturn, which is your career planet, they're both in the 11th house, which is a Uranus house. Uranus yep. rules the 11th house, which is an Aquarius house. So this is where this Aquarius flavor comes up for you, is because Saturn is related to Korea, which is in the Aquarius house. And then on top of that, you've got Uranus, which rules Aquarius in the 10th house, which is related to Korea. So this is where all this big blue sky thinking comes from. And so (laughs) even though, yeah, like, so this is kind of how you can look at it from astrology is that you, and this is the thing, I think people think, oh, my my planet's in this zodiac sign or I've got all this Capricorn in my chart like you do. And so you are, yeah, Capricorn's a massive archetype. Yes. But you've also got 11th house, Aquarius, and Uranus, like all trickled into your career. So you do yes. think bigger.
0: Wow. I love that. Thank you. Pleasing it all together.
1: As always, my favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So
1: if anybody's listening – and they're like, okay, I need to work on my money mindset, or I don't even have a relationship with money, or I want to uplevel. Like, where do you tell people? Like, what do they? What what should they do first? Where should they focus their attention on first? You mentioned earlier mindset. Is that what you normally work with with your clients?
0: Yeah, I know it's so annoying, and people don't want to hear it, but like, definitely. So, some stats. One, actually. I mean, majority of people, I think there was like this study that was done where 70% of people in the U.S., um, they blame most of their anxiety and depression on finances. And even when we think about relationships and or like marriages and how most of them fall apart, almost half of that can be attributed to finances right so it plays a big part of our lives and it may cause a lot of stress and anxiety but on the flip end if there are other areas of our lives that we're not managing well that's going to have a direct impact on the way that we make decisions right in our behaviors in our everyday life so I always tell people like how do you how do you regulate and manage your emotions on a day-to-day basis how do you manage your stress actually is what I should say Um, And if you don't have any sort of routine or ritual where you're able to bring yourself to a place of calm, to spend more time in like the present moment, because our mind is just constantly going, (laughs) I believe like 95% of our thoughts are repetitive and then 85% of those thoughts are also negative. So we also have to be mindful that our thoughts are constantly going, but then like they're also very negative they're full of like fears and doubts and we're hanging out either in the past or we're hanging out either in the future <laughs> and so some of the things that like you know tools that I usually recommend for people to start with is like one definitely meditation if you're already not doing it and i know meditation may not be for everybody so <laughs> um what else can we do right and things like journaling just reflecting your thoughts out onto paper or even just at the end of the day like just brain dumping and just be like, this happened. Like, I hated this. Like writing out your emotions on paper, just getting it out. Like, you know, um, there's something about just writing things out, like opening up your subconscious and then that way it doesn't feel heavy. Like it's on your mind anymore. Cause now it's like, you're able to like observe it on the sheet of paper and reflect on it. And it doesn't hold that same weight. So I love journaling. And of course we can use journaling for manifesting and other things as well. But in terms of like managing our emotions on a day-to-day basis, some people feel like, like, you know, writing could be their outlet or it could be something as simple as like dancing, you know? And I think really what a lot of people have dissociated with as you get older is your inner child, right? Like getting back to your inner child, your inner essence, like, Think about when you were younger, what did you love to do? When you had all the time in the world, you didn't really have school, you know, you didn't have all these adult responsibilities, what were you doing with your life? And try to get back to that, right? So I know for me, it's like, um, I love dancing, I love music. So I always try to, you know, dance on my own time in the mirror, if I'm feeling sad or angry, like that is how I release those emotions. I love to write, like from a young girl, I always love to write, um, write poetry. I always love to read books. So those are things I'm trying to really carve out time for actually, like not even carve out time, like prioritize, (laughs) especially with a business, you know, like getting back into the things that bring me joy. Um, and I know that in doing that, my life is going to be way more meaningful. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with the daily stressors in, um, a much healthier way than how other people would. Would, would deal with it. So definitely reconnecting to your inner child. Another great tool I love using, which is um, emotional freedom technique tapping. Um, and you can do more research on that. I know tapping's like the, the, the in thing right now, and it is so profound. Um, if you go to therapy, most therapists, they will do, um, they practice this uh, the psychological strategy of uh, CBT, I think it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Um, that's a big one. And that is really profound. Like uh, studies that have been done show that people have significantly been able to reduce their anxiety and stress and depression, things like that. Um, but with tapping, I think you see like five to 10 times more results by doing tapping than what you would see with CBT. So I can see in the future, a lot more therapists starting to use this as a tool. It's just right now there hasn't been a lot of studies done on it. Therefore you know, it's sort of like an underground thing right now, but hoping as like more coaches and facilitators and like light workers and healers, you know, like you and me, Christy, you know, as we start to incorporate it into our work um, and more studies are, are done on it. I, I just think it's going to be such a profound tool for people who are working with trauma or have phobias and, and chronic pain and things that they're trying to get over. Um, so definitely looking into EFT tapping. And yeah, those are just some of the things that can help you to start to build a positive money mindset. But um, of course, working on our limiting beliefs, right? And um, that also may, you know, you, you can get help with that through... EFT tapping, you know, therapy or journaling, but really just sitting down with yourself and asking yourself why, where do these beliefs come from? Why do I think about this situation in this particular way? Are these even my own thoughts and beliefs? Maybe I've taken this on from my parents, right? Maybe I've been conditioned to think this way. Um, If you think of yourself as like a baby, you know, coming into this world, you thought you could do everything and anything, right? Like, until like, you're like, I'm going to, you know, go to space. And then your mom's like, no, you can't do that. And it's like your whole dream is like shut down. Right. Um, Or like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to grow up and have three husbands and you're like, no, you can't do that. You know? So all these conditions and, you know, based on what our parents taught us society has taught us maybe what we didn't learn like in school when we think about like financial literacy sometimes it's the lack of not knowing enough right and those things haven't been able to help us form our opinions but really taking an assessment of like are these beliefs and values really inherently mine or were they given to me um and then start to sort of break it down from there and yeah I think I'm just going on a tangent or like just rambling,
1: but... Oh my God, you're not rambling. I'm here for every single thing that you just said. Like, I 100% agree. Like, I was talking to my friend... Kim last night who's studying, she's in her first year in psychology and you mentioned CBT. I'm halfway through my CBT certification and um, because it's, yeah, I love like anything to do with human behavior is just, it just lights me up. I love psychology. Um, But this is the thing I was talking to her about. As human beings, we make everything complicated and I think the last voice note I said to her last night was because she was like, we were talking about altruism and like what we're here to do and is purpose really like something that we think we're actually here to fulfill but really we're not at all. And I just turned around and my last message last night was, I actually just think we're here to have a great life, like to experience joy and happiness. And I actually think we make things so complicated, like whether we are trying to rig the system or we like think that there's this m- magic wand that's going to fix all of our problems you just mentioned some amazing things like sometimes it's like getting your journal out and just asking why like that's simple but we don't, don't do it <laughs> we don't
0: yeah no we don't it's I don't know it's yeah why don't we I don't know I <laughs> to ask myself this I I think a lot of it could be like you're scared like we talked about it a bit earlier. Like we're just so familiar with our circumstances that like, we just think like, this is just how it is. Or maybe we've been conditioned to believe like, this is just how it is. Like I was born into this. This is how my life is going to be. I can't change anything. I don't have the power to do so. Right. So it's really interesting to see like why people don't want to, you know, become more self-aware or do that work on themselves. But a lot of it too is like, maybe they're just not in that right environment. Like if I I don't know if I wasn't around my friend in university, you know, to teach me about investing, I wouldn't be where I am today. So sometimes it's just like you're in the right place at the right time, and like, or you're just like in a great environment with people who are like encouraging you and motivating you to do better. But if if you don't have that, it's yeah. How are you going to be able to do that inner work? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that whole big question that's always left unanswered, which is nature versus nurture. Like what's actually predetermined for you in this life versus what's actually based on your environment and the experiences that you have, which I think is both.
0: Oh, definitely,
1: yeah. A bit <laughs> yeah. That's like a whole other conversation for another I time. I know.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> oh, so good. Um, okay, so I've only got a couple more questions for you. And so is there anything that we haven't covered off that you wanted to share before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, I'll mention some more money stuff. Um, Definitely, I know savings is a big thing for people. They, you know, they make some progress and then they digress. (laughs) and It's like, never feel like they're, you know, they're where they need to be. Um, One great trick or hack, I guess I should say. So I'm someone who doesn't like budgeting. Like I just... I just can't, like, I'm just not about the markers and spreadsheets. And for some people they maybe are, maybe, you know, you have some Virgo in your chart, so that's like your thing. Um, but for me, I'm just like, I'm, I'm really lazy. Like, how can I make things least complex and complicated as possible? So my way of doing it and like over time, I didn't realize I was doing this, but eventually over time I was able to like improvise on it and make it better and turn it into like an actual strategy that I use, but, um, treating my savings sort of like a bill. So, you know, most people will like wait till the end of the month to sort of like assess our finances and then see how much money we have left over to save. But I think if you're actively putting your savings first, really seeing that like finances is a part of your wellness, you know, it is a part of self care. And like, um, I mean, there's different ways you can go about it. It looks different when you have a business, but you know, if you know you have a certain amount of income coming in every two weeks or every month, and you know, you've assessed your net income, you you know, like you know exactly how much you need for your fixed expenses, like things that you need to survive, like groceries, rent, things like that. Whatever's left over, you know, ideally that is what you are spending your money on. But if you can say, okay, you know what, maybe five percent of this like money that I have left over, let me actually treat it like an expense. And then that way I can still spend on whatever the hell else I want because I promised myself every month I would put away 5%. I've already done that. Whatever I have left, like that is my spending money. Because I think a big thing too when it comes to budgeting, you know, there's so much budgeting coaches out there. And I think that's like one of the biggest finance topics next to investing that people, you know, um, finance experts or gurus spend their time on. Um, But it's, it's, it's really more so about really just, prioritizing the savings piece first and not having to think about like or not having to guilt yourself and feeling like oh I you know I want to buy the avocado toast but I'm supposed to to save like I think a lot of the times they make it seem like it's a sacrifice and that's what people don't like to budget because it just doesn't seem fun but I'm someone that likes to make budgeting seem fun. Like, I don't want to save and then also not live my life now, right? And enjoy my life in this moment. And money is to be spent, right? So how can we find a balance, right? It's all about balance at the end of the day. And so for me, I feel like it's such a great hack or another way to budget if other budgeting styles haven't been working for you to really just... Like, take an assessment of, like, what's coming in, what's going out, how much you have, that net income, and then just try to prioritize your savings first. Whatever's left over, great, boom, you can send it to a spending account and, like, spend it on whatever you you want. And at least that way you don't feel guilty about your spending. Because you've already put yourself first. You've already saved for the month. Things like that. Um, and then, like, another cool hack is, like, a roundup app. So a lot of people, I don't know, in Australia, you guys should. You guys should have something like this. gonna look different in, like, each individual country if they have it. But a roundup app is literally, it's, like, it's a savings app where um, anything that you purchase, it gets rounded up to, like, the nearest dollar. And then whatever's left over that, go, that gets sent into um, a, a savings account. So example, like you go to Starbucks and you buy like a drink for like $5.50 and it will round it up to like $6, that 50 cents. It will still charge you the 50 cents, but it will, that app will take it and put it into a savings. Um, and so over time, if you're someone that loves to spend money, you know, and like, I would do this on top of already your, your budgeting strategy to save, but this is sort of like a plan B. So like, as you're spending your money, you're also automatically and like unconsciously also saving small amounts over time. So sometimes I'll like, look at this, uh, roundup app and I'll see like, oh, I have an extra $50 this month. Right. Or like a hundred dollars this month. Um, So that's a good way to kind of save if it's really hard for you to already do so. And what's beautiful about Roundup apps is some of them also have um, an investment platform. So this is called micro investing because you're investing with like smaller amounts of money, but this money will go into um, an investment vehicle for you, a very safe investment vehicle. And so you're also investing the small amounts of money over time. So, um, love roundup apps. I, I, I know of a couple, of course, in Canada, like Coho, Mocha in the States, Betterment, uh, there's a couple other ones, but in Australia, I would have to do my research. I don't know, but <laughs> there should be a roundup app. If you go on Google, you just type in like roundup app Australia. I think I did that one time. There, there should be at least one or two. And if not, maybe you can create one. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So one of you tech, um, tech queens out there listening to her podcast. Um, so yeah, those are like two great things. I think you can kind of, um, add to your financial tool belt. And then with investing, there are, um, of course, real quick, two ways you can get started. A lot of people feel like you have to have so much wealth to get started with investing, but really, as little as a dollar, anything that you can put into investments, like it's a start. And eventually, you want to work your way up to putting. Usually, they say try to put away twenty percent of your income. Um, there's actually um, it's not really a study, but on average, um, the, the average investor sees like seven to 10% returns on their investments. And if you say you're like 25, like my age, and you decide to start putting away $400 every month for like the next 40 years, by the time you're 65 and you're ready to retire, you should have about a million dollars or more. And this is maybe accounting for inflation. Um, so I truly feel like anyone that lives in a first world the you know developed country that has access to a bank because I know not everyone has access to a bank, right? Um, I honestly believe that we are all millionaires. It's just like what are we doing with the money when it comes in, right? And even just like this small fact or knowledge, like a lot of people don't know that. But if you're able to set aside and put away four hundred dollars every month for the next forty years you will be a millionaire, you know? Something as simple as easy as that. And of course, if you put even more, then you'll have more money, right? So um, just, you know, but of course, if you don't have $400, don't feel like, oh, I can't do nothing. I have to wait till I make start making that before. I, I, no, put away $10 every month if you want to, you know? It's getting into that habit, getting into that practice, and then you can always ramp it up when you get there. Um, so, you know, robo advisor, online investment platforms, so many out there, you can type that into Google. Uh, you can do some research and it's pretty much just AI asking you a couple questions. They sort of replace a financial advisor in terms of asking you questions and then it builds out this port- portfolio for you. Um, and it's it's also still really safe. Like there are people like managing these accounts and like overlooking it. A lot of robo-advisors have actual financial advisors you can like reach out to and talk to, but it's mostly like AI that is like building out the portfolios. Um, or you can go the traditional route and go to your bank and talk to a financial advisor. Like it's really just that easy. You can, I mean like with a robo advisor, you could probably start in like less than ten minutes because it's just downloading the app and getting some maybe documents or things set up, and then you can get started. Just start automatically putting money away every month with the financial advisor. Maybe it takes some time to set up an appointment with a financial advisor, but once you do so, like that's it, right? Like they ask you a couple questions, get your portfolio created, and there you go. Yeah
1: oh my goodness you've just like literally given us so many great tips I, started keeping
0: notes, you're like,
1: <laughs> I was writing down notes not just for the show notes of the podcast but I was like hmm, I think I might need to do that <laughs> I was like uh yeah there's a couple of things I probably should take away from this conversation um one being do you know what I've had this hanging around in my subconscious yeah. is like ever since I went into my business full-time I actually haven't been paying myself superannuation and I actually have like, I've got six figures in my super, which is awesome because I had a career like prior to, um, you know, going into business and I've also been working in Australia since 2006. And so um, that's awesome, but I haven't actually been putting any money into it since I went full-time in my business, which Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? Even just listening to you, that inspired me. And I wrote that down. I was like, what I'm going to do is in my budgeting app that I use, I'm going to put in, and it might be just for me, like, look, I want to get to a point where I'm paying my super properly because I'm not. Um, But at at the moment, I've still got other investments I need to make in my business. But even just putting a small amount monthly, like you just saying that Morgan just gave me permission to do that, which was awesome. I love that so much.
0: Yeah. Start small. Take it one day at a time. Like, That's how I did it. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's it's just taking that first step and then everything else will eventually fall into place. As long as you're consistent, continue to do the work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I love that. It's like, it's almost brought us back 360 as you were saying, like in the beginning, how you just, go and seek out information. Like if you want to learn something, you go and you're like, right, I need to learn about this and you're proactive in your approach. And that's exactly what you've shared with us in regards to money. It's like, go out and learn about it. Do something about it.
0: Yeah. And we're like in the information age. So it's, it's not like you have to go to the library and like find the book and, you know, like literally how, you know, like investing for me was all self-taught and like majority of it was like some books as well, but like just Google with my best friend, literally just typing things in, you know? And I mean, it it does take work in terms of investing, but that was something I was passionate about. And I know like not everyone's passionate about it, which is why like, I'm here. Like I do the work for you. You know, like I simplify everything so you don't have to spend, it took me a whole year before I was ready to invest. So like, you know, asking me those questions, working with me, you maybe will be able to start investing in shorter amount of time because I have those resources available to you. Right. I break it down in such simpler terms where like, you're like, okay, like, let's go. Like, I know how to research a stock now. I know how to go buy a stock and build up my portfolio and things like that. So.
1: Oh, my goodness. When I'm ready to invest in the stock exchange, I'm coming to you, Morgan. <laughs> oh, my <goodness. laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that. Because that was my next question is, like, where can people find you online? Like, if somebody's listening and they're like, I have to work with Morgan, I want to learn more, where can they yeah. find you?
0: Yeah, definitely IGs, where it's at. That's, like, my home. Um And... You can always reach out to me there. Send me a DM. I go live every Monday. I usually touch on some sort of finance topic, um, and then of course I have so many resources. So like in the link in my bio on my IG, you know, like subscribe to my mailing list. That's my second home because I show up every week. I do newsletters and can get insights and tips onto things regarding finance and wellness. Um, I have an ebook on mastering your money mindset. I did a investing webinar couple of weeks ago, um, on like the importance of investing, how to get started. You can watch like everything that you would need to know about me or find out, um, like my website, blogs, everything's in the link in my bio, um, on my IG. So I think that's the First place to go to, if you don't have Instagram, then Holistic Bucks is like my name on every platform. So you can even just like, that's my website name. You could just type in www.holisticbucks.com and head straight to my website and everything that you need to know is there. All my resources, how to work with me one-on-one, book a call, all that great stuff.
1: And I hear that you have a <laughs> membership opening. Your membership you already have, but it's opening up again.
0: Yeah, the doors are opening up again. Thanks for reminding me. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's called the Financial Well. So so my one on I know. So cool. So, yeah, my one-on-one program is called the Wealth Well. And then the membership community is the financial well. And I guess I use the word well because it's it's like, well, well means wellness, right? One. And then two, I just think of like a well where you're like drawing water. It's like You're learning, you're acquiring new information. Yeah, anyways, you guys get it, right? So (laughs) financial well, and um, I created it because I know that working with me one-on-one, of course, can be a large upfront investment. I mean, the result, the transformation from it is lasting. It's well worth it, but I still, you know, I want to meet people halfway for those who just like, absolutely are just in the roughest of situations. They really want some support from me, but they just can't. Um, And of course, I have courses here and there, but the the membership community is it's low fee, you know, low cost, so accessible. You have a community of other women alongside me to like really encourage you and motivate you towards your financial goals. Right. I think it's so important to have a community to talk about money with and to be vulnerable um, with because like a lot of people like there's such a stigma around talking about money with our friends, with family members. And sometimes I feel like a lot of women. Just feel like they're like in it by themselves or on their own. They can't even talk to their husband about it, you know, without some sort of gender war going on subconsciously. Um, so yeah, I think it's just really important to have that safe space, and so I've created that the doors open twice a year. And so, um, it's, it's open now. I officially opened it yesterday. Um, I don't know when you're going to post this, but <laughs> the doors still should be open uh, when you're listening to this, um, episode. Um, the, the doors actually would close May. Um, let at my calendar real quick. I think, yeah, the doors close May 3rd. So, um, yeah, super excited about that. If that's something that would interest you, all the information is, um, on my website or the link in my bio, my IG. And yeah, I would love to have you come in. I have about like 18 women on the wait list already, um, who want to jump in and join. So we'd love to have a few more.
1: <laughs> awesome. And I'll link everything in the show notes below. So you can not only find Morgan, you can find where Holistic Bucks lives online. And of course, if you want to join the membership, I'll link that in the show notes below too. So exciting.
0: I know. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Probably like the uh, funnest
1: conversation I've ever had with someone on a podcast about money. <laughs> so. I love that. This is what, do you know what, I, and that's why this is called Christy Unedited because it's all about just having some real conversation and, you know, like like it's like you and I are having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a cocktail on a Friday night and we just happen to be recording our conversation, which is what I love. Um, but I only have, my final question for you is because I ask Everybody that comes onto the podcast, this question Mm -hmm. is: What is an epically small moment that you've experienced lately?
0: Oh my god! I don't know if it's small. It's actually pretty big, but it's really epic. Like it's okay. So, um, of course, with having a business, I think most women, ideally, you most women dream of having that like six figure biz. Right. So of course working my way towards that. And last month was my first month that I, I made 10 K in business and sales. So in under a year, <laughs> so like even just really the timing of it and everything it, I, yeah, I just super grateful and super happy for the women that I get to serve and women that trust me in my work and just the collaborations that people have come across that have, yeah, it really helped me along this journey. It's, yeah, it's just been remarkable, remarkable. I was so scared, like, in January, leaving my nine to five and putting all my trust into, like, you know, this new livelihood. And it's, it's just been so amazing just trusting this process and seeing where I am. So that's just one thing I I guess I want to put out there. And years of work, working on my money mindset, right? Like, (laughs) I think it really helped just having that, that strong money mindset going in, even though I still did have hiccups with, you know, like pricing and, and charging my worth, or just even seeing the value and doubting if people really are gonna, you know, want to work with me, things like that came up. But yeah, continuing to work through it. And it's, 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 it's amazing. It's been great.
1: If you've loved connecting with me on this episode and you're ready to start your own transformation, there's a number of ways we can work together. Whether you're looking for a power hour, a strategy, or a three month program, my number one objective is to help you master confidence, gain clarity, and transform your lifestyle. We make magic together through my unique life strategy and astrology approach. Just Think, an overhaul to your mindset and perspective with a rock-solid plan to help you achieve your big goals and dreams. Get in touch if you'd love to learn more. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you love this conversation, please rate it, review it, or send it to somebody that may vibe with it. Or you can subscribe to stay up to date with the latest. I'll catch you next time.